Hello, podcast world, and welcome to the first episode of the Red Spurts podcast with Massey and my co-host, Newman. Yes, and we go by our last names here. My name is actually Derek Massey, and this is my co-host, Jeremy Newman. Uh, Jeremy, well, the reason we're doing this podcast, why would you say that? We're Reds fans. It's our passion, and uh, we enjoy talking about the Reds. We've always talked about the Reds, and this is what we'd be doing if we weren't doing a podcast. Yes. We'd be sitting around talking exactly. about the Reds. We, we hang out. We talk about the Reds. So we said to ourselves, why not just put it onto the internet and have people hear our whacked out ideas or things we think about the Reds. Yeah, we, we, we hope that everyone really uh, you know likes to listen to us as much as we like to listen to each other. Yes, that is very much true. And, and, and we know for a fact that uh, uh, people will probably like listen to us more than our wives. So that's, that is a definite fact. But we got a really exciting season coming up here for the Reds. A lot has happened, Newman, this offseason. And, uh, you know, everybody, this is our first ever podcast. And so we're going to introduce ourselves a little bit, talk about what the Reds have done this offseason with all the different moves and things like that and just what we think the outlook of the season is. This isn't probably going to be the normal podcast episode, you might say, but this is just kind of the, the setup for spring training. Games are coming up, so just what, um, what we're doing. So first and foremost – uh, like I said, I'm one of your hosts, Derek Massey, my other host here, Jeremy Newman. Uh, you guys don't know anything about us other than that the fact that we're Reds fans. That's why we're doing this podcast. So we're going to get you to know us a little bit. So, Jeremy Newman, I'm going to let you talk first. I'm going to shut up. What's some things about you that we need to know that the podcast world needs to know? Well, I'm Jeremy Newman, of course. And uh, myself and Massey were both born in years that the Cincinnati Reds won the World Series. This um, is true. I'm a little older. My uh, birthday is in 1976, the yeah. Big Red Machine. Yes, and I was born in November 31st, 1940. I'm just kidding. Now I was born in 1990. <laughs> um, I had to make that joke, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm a uh, former Reds blogger online and also a Twitter poster and also have done some forum moderation for a Reds website. Um, my favorite all-time Red is Pete Rose. I became a Reds fan uh, as a kid when Pete Rose was chasing the all-time hits record. So that's whenever I fell in love with baseball and the Cincinnati Reds. Um, other interests are coaching. I coach my daughters in several sports. Uh, I also, you can find me in the summertime at the Willersburg, world-famous Willersburg flea world market. World-famous Willersburg flea market. And I also enjoy going on cruises in the summertime for vacation. Yes. That's a little bit about me. Yes, and I do not like cruises. Newman does. Actually, we, sh we sell at the flea market together, so if you ever want to buy some good cheap merchandise or something quality quality merchandise come down to the willsburg flea market across from lowe's in willsburg ohio and we're hoping that we have a lot of southern ohio uh, reds fans here listening to this podcast is because and obviously or throughout the country as well but uh, you all know about that place i actually saw someone famous there last summer but we're not going to talk about that but anyway uh thank you jeremy um i am Derek massey and uh i was born in 1990 i was only two months old when the reds won last last won a world series um, so they've only ever been to the playoffs a, a couple of times in my lifetime other than the World Series year. Um, but for me, I first started loving the game of baseball because of, of movie, uh, the movie Sandlot. Thought it was a blast, loved it. And then as I got the game, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest for the Nintendo 64. You remember that game? Great game. Awesome. Um, uh, that's when I started really following the Reds hardcore. That, that team on that game had Pokey, Pokey Reese, Sean Casey, uh, Greg Vaughn, Eddie Tobinsey. Uh, I had a ball signed by Scott Sullivan that year. From my first ever Reds game, I got a ball and got uh, a game signed by Scott Sullivan. I think he got a fight that year too. But anyway, um, 
And then, so as a kid, I just have loved the Reds, been a Reds fan um, the rest of my life. And um, I remember the 99 year, especially when we got Griff, you know, we went on that run. But um, Sean Casey, uh, well, we had we had a pretty good year. We obviously didn't make the playoffs. We lost, but it was 96 still, wins. Yeah, 96 wins, but it was a fun year. Uh, but Sean Casey was my favorite Red uh, as a kid. He was just my favorite player, had his poster on my wall and things like that. The mayor, love that guy. But um, as I've gotten older and just appreciating the game more, my favorite Red, even though I didn't get to watch him, uh, my favorite Red of all time is Dave Concepcion. I think he should be a Hall of Famer, should be a Hall of Famer. I know you agree with that, right? Absolutely. Think, exactly, and I will make that case till I die. Um, change my mind if you would like to. But some of my interests I coach as well. I would like to, uh, you know, I coach basketball, track, things like that, um, and uh, just love sports, love those things, and I love podcasting. Uh, this is not my only podcast. You should also check out the Real Way Academy with Mr. Derek Massey, my other podcast, if you like to talk about movies. But to move on from that, that is me and Newman. Do you have anything else to say about yourself? No. Okay. Let's well, talk Reds. All right. Well, it's time to talk Reds. So we have a lot to cover, Newman. A lot has happened this offseason. Um, a pretty exciting season for the Cincinnati Reds. I, w- I mean, offseason for the Cincinnati Reds, I would say. Most exciting offseason in recent memory. That I can think of since probably – Griffey, maybe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I would think maybe the Matt Latos trade. That was a pretty big is deal. Very yes. close to uh, yeah. the excitement, the buzz. Um, but you know, the the fans hopefully are seeing the Reds are, are trying. They're trying very hard to put a winner out there. And you know, as a fan myself, it's very much appreciated. Yes, and I think a lot of people, like we said, we've had some years go in and there in the past where we've been like, "Well, the Reds really doing anything this off season." or anything like that, and it's just been real refreshing. I don't know if it was MLB Network or something like I think it was MLB Network. I can't remember. I think it was them. They said that they gave the Reds like an A- minus or something like that. Um, but, you know, I would probably give them that as well. But the first thing that started this offseason and got it going, and I think it should be the first topic of conversation, is the hiring of our new manager. And I'll let uh, Newman give his uh, thoughts on the new manager, David Bell. What do you think of him, Newman? Think it's a good hire, bad hire? How do you think it's going to work out? I like the hire. Uh, David Bell comes from the Giants from the uh, player personnel perspective. Uh, he done a lot of analytical stuff there, some things with statistics and just a different way of measuring uh, talent and also measuring it's the way the game's going too. I exactly. Mean, so. And I'm a pretty logical guy, so I love those type of things. Uh, so I kind of like that side of it. Also has some managerial experience in the minors and then uh, also uh, I think he was a bench coach with St. Louis Cardinals. So uh, he's done quite a bit of things in a short amount of time, and I think that it's a it's going to be a quality hire. Hometown guy, third generation Cincinnati Red, uh, David Bell, very good, very yeah. good hire. Yeah, for a lot of fans, I think, and you know this, we've talked about this, just hanging out and stuff. A lot of fans think this was kind of an iffy hire. They really know how they felt about it. If you go back and look at his track record in the minors. Um, he, I think it was four years he was a manager in the minors, and one of them was for our uh, our AAA system, Louisville Bats, um, just uh, under 500 in all four of those years. But, however, it's just like uh, I always like to compare minor league as a manager. You know, you can be a good manager, but a lot of times your best players are maybe getting moved around or doing things like that. So, you know, I, you know, I don't know if that's an exactly perfect science on how you're going to win. So a lot of people worried him about that, but I think he's already done things for our team that are going to move us in the right direction. And anything could be um, a bright spot compared to the last couple of years because considering the fact that the Cincinnati Reds had the most losses out of any organization since 2015. A big move for David Bell also is his staff. The way that he filled out his staff, he went and got right. Turner Ward, yes. arguably one of the best coaches, ba- uh, hitting coaches in, in baseball, uh, got him from the 
Los Angeles Dodgers went and snatched him, very you know, poached him, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but we went and got talent. I uh, also went and got uh, Derek Johnson, the pitching coach for the Brewers, mm-hmm. Central Division rival. Just went out and got him also. Uh, two very, very talented uh, position coaches right there. So I, I kind of like that as far as David Bell going and getting the staff he needs to surround himself with winners. Well, I, I really like it as well because I'm one of those coaches, and I, I know you are. You believe in, in surrounding yourself with guys that will know the game, that are going to be a good influence on your team, but also get them to play hard. And – We'll talk about the trades here in a second, but we got some guys from L.A., and we just got their hitting coach. They just played in the World Series. But also, I really – I love the idea. I love the word poaching. You said that. I love going and getting those guys and saying, listen, you know, the Brewers, you know, they just had a pretty solid year, and you're going to take in one of their pitching coaches. It's saying to me, like, you know, we're not going to mess around. We're going to go get these guys, and we're going to win. Um, but yay or nay on the bell hire, just if you could say quick, yay or nay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with it, too. I think it's going to go well. I think he's going to set the tone. He's a younger guy. He's about – 42, right? He's 42 years old. I think he's going to – 44? Uh, I'm not sure. I think he's uh, upper 40. I'm pretty sure. Well, it's somewhere in there. I thought he, I thought he was about – anyway, I got his uh, – he is actually – oh, I, he's older than that. I thought he was younger than that. He's 50. My bad. Um, but anyway, um, I think he's going to be a guy that really gets the guys to play hard and gets things in the right direction for the Reds. But speaking of that, so that's our first offseason thing we want to talk about. Manager is very important. Gets to organize everything. Let's move on to some of the off-season moves. We had some good trades. We had some other good things happen. Um, who do you want to talk about first, Newman, and talk about why these are about these pickups? If they're good picks, if they're not pickups, what do you think? The uh, first pickup was Tanner Roark. Uh, he was required acquired from Washington. Washington, I think, wanted to free up some salary. They signed Patrick Corbin, and then uh, eventually uh, Sanchez. Also, um, a couple pitchers there. They. Um, the Reds, of course, hope for uh, the 2014-2016 version where Roark threw for a 285-283 uh, ERA and also won 15 and 16 games those years. That is obviously the highlight for Tanner Roark. Um, the projections aren't as kind to him. They look like about a mid-four ERA. But, you know, whenever you're going from Homer Bailey over six – and then you go to a mid-four, you know, you're saving a run and a half per nine innings there. So that has to be a positive. I, I, think, so. I think you're definitely – I mean, not only talk about freeing up that stuff with uh, Homer Bailey, but also the fact that, like you said, I think anything can be better at this point. As much as good and great as Homer Bailey might have thought he was, I think he said the other day he thought he, he he's talking about – it's something about the Yankees. or so, I don't know if he was referring to himself wanting to be there he's, or he said you have to pitch better than, than that to be in the pinch rise. But Homer Bailey thought he was really great, and I think this guy is definitely an improvement, especially if you look at his 14 and 16 years. And something I really like about him, um, obviously we hope for the 2014-2016 version of Ruark where, you know, obviously 2.85 ERA, something like that, and a 15-16 uh, wins. But also something I like about him is those teams went to the postseason it gives us some experience. It gives some guys in the locker room to help some of these young guys that we have to kind of give them some confidence and give them some room to grow and teach them some things they need to know. So um, I think it's an okay pickup, and I think it could go in the right direction for us. So Right. Uh, the Of course, the big trade in the offseason was uh, the acquisition of Yasiel Puig, Wood. Matt Kemp, and uh, Alex, yep. Alex, Alex Wood. Alex Wood uh, is probably the most underrated, in my opinion, of the pitchers acquired. Mm-hmm. Uh, has only had one season where he did not have an ERA under four. That's that's very quite remarkable for uh, for a guy who's pitched a little bit. Um, career ERA of three twenty nine. Um, very good on the uh, 
the other peripherals also. You'll hear me talk a little bit about some of these terms along the way. Uh, is uh, 3.36 FIP, Fielding Independent Pitching, and then also a 117 ERA plus, which takes out the park factor of the Los Angeles Park being very kind of pitchers. So with that said, um, you know, great pickup there with Wood. Um, very underrated. Uh, health has been a concern in, in previous seasons, but you know, as long as he's on the field, uh, does a very good job. So very I think good pickup. yes, exactly. I think he definitely aids our pitching staff better than what we've had in the past couple of years. I think he's definitely going to be something. And I and I'm you guys will learn quickly. Newman's big on the statistics. He knows a lot of those things. He's numbers. He's a numbers guy who teach math. So yeah, <laughs> you love numbers. I'm more of a. I don't know. If, I'm not going to say I'm the feelings guy, but I love to. I love to talk about experience and where these guys have been. And once again, we're bringing in guys that have been on teams that have been successful. And I think Wood's going to also bring that. I think it's going to be a good pickup and a good add to our staff. And another, um, the next great signing, um, are we going to go ahead and talk about Gray? I think we're going to go ahead and talk about Gray. Um, the next great uh, uh, signing. Huh? Trade. Trade, sorry. I was uh, my, I said something. But it, sorry, talk about the next one, Newman. Uh, Sonny Gray um, acquired for Shed Long, which is a great second base uh, prospect, but, you know, kind of redundant with the uh, – the, uh, First-round pick Jonathan India from last year also plays about the same position. And the soon-to-be-talked-about Nick Sinzel also could play second base. Sinzel. So, uh, you know, they they had some room there to give up with uh, Shed Long. Um, Sonny Gray also signed an extension. He signed all the way through 2022 and also an option for the next year. Uh, and very team-friendly. Um, and up until last season, three 345 ERA career. Um, much of the talk, though, is about his road splits away from Yankee Stadium. Mm -hmm. Sonny Gray threw for nearly an ERA of seven at Yankee Stadium last year and only 317 on the road. Yes. Um, they're, they're, of course, the Reds are hoping that, that you know, the getting get him away from Yankee Stadium, get back with his pitching coach from Vanderbilt from college, mm -hmm. Derek Johnson, that's his pitching coach. Yes. I, I'm sure that had a lot to do with the extension. Um, and hope, hopefully they will get him back on track. Uh, Sonny Gray, of course, has a lot of potential. Still a young guy and uh, pitched like a number one at many times throughout his career. So they're hoping for big things out of Sonny Gray. I think Sonny Gray can definitely be that guy that, well, one, we know there's a lot of more – the good thing is there's a lot more added pressure to play for the Yankees than there are the Reds. The Reds are a smaller market team. Maybe not as, as much pressure as we might put on them because we like them so much. There may be not as much added pressure, not as much spotlight as being a New York Yankee. But if you look – Something we've talked about with Sonny Gray, if you look at a lot of his numbers from just his Yankees years and even the Oakland years, he had one year where really his ERA kind of really spotted. I think he, he was he maybe had some injuries there, but he was he pitched for a 5.69 in 2016. But other than that, ERA has been pretty solid. And, you know, a lot of people thought we should go after Dallas Keuchel, spend the money on that, try to get him to be a number one. And me and Newman, you look at the numbers – and there's not much different there. There's not a difference. Much Career of difference. ERA of 366 for Gray, even with the uh, poor showing in Yankee Stadium, and very similar to Keuchel. Yeah. And uh, you're talking probably a, at least a forty million dollar difference in that contract. Fact. And and you know, out of 150, you know, games played, he's played 155. He's 59, 52. He's got a winning record. Guy knows how to play in the majors. I think he'll be a good asset for us in the long run. I do like the pickup. Of, uh, Originally from Nashville, for also Gray. Nashville's yeah. his hometown. Uh, I believe it's it a really cool story. Uh, yes, in a, in an article uh, when they interviewed Sonny Gray, that uh, his first baseball game he went to was with his grandpa at 
Great American Ballpark. And that is a really cool story. Yeah. And Nashville's sweet, too. So, no, but Sonny Gray, great pickup. I think – I personally think he'll be uh, – I mean, I think he'll be our number one. I mean, what would you I, – I think he fills that role very well. Yes. I think he has that potential. Okay, so next on the list we're going to talk about Zach Duke. What do you think about him, Newman? I'll give him my thoughts after you. So This you is a very good pickup. Uh, it's a very under-the-radar signing. I don't think a lot of people are very excited about Zach Duke because he's a uh, – Left-handed specialist for the most part. And he's very good at his job. Um, some of his statistics are skewed whenever you throw in the uh, uh, his pitching against right-handers. Mm-hmm. But if they strictly use him, that's what they want to use him for, is a left-handed specialist. Then he provides that, that veteran lefty in the pen uh, where they just had Amir Garrett and Cody Reed back there before as a, from the left side. Um, also gives him some flexibility p- perhaps to move uh, Amir Garrett or Cody Reed down to Nash. I mean, not Nashville, Louisville, and uh, try them uh, possibly back as a starter. Again. Get them prepared. Get yeah, them give them a chance to, to go back as a starter, which they once were. Yeah, and Zach Duke, you know, he's been a guy that he he's been around a while. He's been in a few different teams: Pittsburgh, Arizona, Washington, um, and and uh, Cincinnati Reds, twenty thirteen. Yeah, he and had a brief he, stint with the Reds. Brief stint. So he's been there before, um, but last year, obviously, in Seattle, and you know. Like you said, I think great baseball teams have specialists like this. You know, a guy that can come and get those guys out. I think it's a good pickup, and I think he's going to end up being like a good asset to us. And I agree with you. It gives guys like Garrett and Reed a chance to maybe go back down to AAA and get some more reps and to be more prepared for the majors. Okay, And that leads us in to one of our biggest trades that probably was the biggest, the one that got us more excited than any, well, for me personally. A friend of mine said it was almost like 1999. Uh, when the Reds dealt for uh, Denny Nagel, Michael yes. Tucker, and uh, some of those guys, along with uh, Greg Vaughn, the, some of those trades. This was sort of the same type of energy. Um, we're talking about, of course, the trade with L.A. We already mentioned it with Alex Wood. Yes. Uh, but the uh, the hitters, the hitters are Yasiel Puig and Matt Kemp. Yes, and Yasiel Puig, you know, if you if you follow baseball at all, you know who Yasiel Puig is, whether or not from his play – his hustling, the way he hits the ball, or from his licking bat skills or slash flipping the bat skills. Um, big number 66 is in Cincinnati. He's been there since, like, the trade happened. He's been hanging out, eating there, and posting videos. Guy loves Cincinnati. I think we got ourselves a guy that's going to want to be there. I think he's going to win for us. They already got a bobblehead night scheduled. That, that, that's, the, so uh, that's, that's the kicker right People there. are freaking out. We might be using him as trade bait or something. I think he's in for the long no, haul. No, the, the bobblehead is telling. That's the, that's the conspiracy. We have the bobblehead conspiracy that uh, – He's got a bobblehead. He's got a bobblehead. He's going to be there. So and his jersey's all over the place on reds.com and stuff like that. There you like go. Uh, the quote was, he, he actually uh, said, you've been asking the GM if he wants to sign me. He gives me the money I want. And I'm going to be here for all the years he wants. I love Ohio. This is my color. I love red. He so loves you gotta love red that. people. And he also loves something else that compare that Newman loves. Newman explain that. He over. loves a dish called paella. 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 I have this written out, uh, but it is a, uh, a rice and shrimp. It's delicious. You make it in a big old pot, and uh, Russ uh, Yasiel Pui got that for a birthday celebration. So uh, he's. He has to be a favorite of mine just just for that. Fact. Him and Newman, if they were all if they if if Newman was a professional baseball player, they'd be best friends. That's pretty much what he's saying. And also, exactly. they like paella. Notice on the paper it says paella. We made sure we were going to pronounce that correctly. Right. But I think Puig's going to be a guy that definitely means uh, brings that power 
that that energy to the line the lineup the way we need it. He's going to play right field. I don't. Some people were flirting around with the idea of him playing center. I think he's our right fielder. I think he's a guy that's really going to do some great things for us. And um, what about some numbers for him for Puig? Something what interesting here, about Yasiel Puig that you'll notice, and uh, I don't want people to be alarmed by this, but uh, Yasiel Puig may play more against uh, right-handers than left-handers. A lot yeah. of people think that um, because he bats from the right side, the opposite-hand pitcher, he should dominate. Actually, Yasiel Puig has much better splits against right-handed pitchers. That's mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting. And uh, so you may see him uh, sitting a little bit against lefties. And actually, this brings us to a uh, little teaser for the next episode. Um, the Reds have plenty of outfielders, and I Thanks. believe that they need all the outfielders. This is something that disagrees with some of the blog posts on some of the things online. Um, and uh, there's some statistics to back that up. And well, that'll be one of our topics for next episode. Yeah, me and Newman kind of have some disagreements on that, but, I, but when you hear Newman says they'll be on next week's show, we'll see what he has to say about that. Um, like I said, but I, I think we definitely have depth there. And like you said, if Puig doesn't play against those uh, specific pitchers, uh, we ha- we definitely have guys that can come in and fill that role for those specific games. So that's good as well. That's That would be one reason that you think right. we'll keep all of them. Um, and that leads us into our next uh, part of the Dodgers trade, Mr. Matt Kemp. And uh, what do you think of Matt Kemp? He's a guy that's been around. For a little while now, but he still had an all-star year last year. So, what, uh, so. Um, guys always been able to have have an impressive bat. So, what do you think of him, Newman? And then I'll give you my thoughts. The uh, the of course the issue with Matt Kemp is uh, his defense is declining with age. Um, last year was an all-star, uh, hit well against both lefties and righties, um, had a two ninety batting average, four eighty one slugging, and uh, very 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 nice season for him. Um, I think he fits in very well with the Reds because, you know, he doesn't have to play every day. He can play uh, a couple games, take a couple games off, or even have just a one-game break and still be very effective with that since they have some depth there. Uh, So I think, again, he provides the veteran presence we were talking about, and I think that he – should shine in the Great American Ballpark in the hitting environment. Yeah, and I, you know, a lot of people uh, wonder if we're going to use him as trade bait or anything like that. But I think he's a huge asset. Not, but uh, mainly, I mean, obviously because of his bat. You know, you talk about age, and obviously your defense declines. But you know, in 2012, he batted uh, 303 for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and last year he batted 290. This is batting average. That was his best batting average since 2012. So. You know, he's at his oldest age, but he's batting one of his best, uh, you know, best since 2012. So the guy's going to be able to get the bat on the ball. He's going to hit the ball hard. He's going to do well with that. Um, but something I really like about this guy, he reminds me of like a, a Ludwig or a Scott Rowland, just that older veteran guy that's been through the battles, been through the, the major leagues, you know, just being able to, to grind out seasons. I think he's going to be a great asset for guys like Jesse Winker, Nick Senzel, um, even some of the other guys on the field, uh, Suarez, uh, Barnhart's guys like that who have been with the Reds for a few years now, and maybe if we make some a playoff noise here, that you know he could help out with that. So, um, and who will our next Speaking topic? Speaking of Nick Senzel, the man, the myth, my favorite player currently, the legend Nick Senzel. We pronounce his name improperly all the time, Nick Senzel. That's not right. It's Senzel. So Nick Senzel. A lot of been talked about him with this offseason, especially during the spring training. One is his health. They're saying he's going to be okay. I mean, he's, he's doing pretty good. Um, we saw some crappy bloggers. T- <laughs> I'm sorry if you're listening. You always some a couple bloggers are saying he's AAA material right now. I say no. Play him in the majors. They say he's going to be our center fielder. The the purpose of that is to hold him down in AAA in order to gain another year of control, another team control. 
Uh, however, you know that that somewhat makes a bad impression on yes. a young guy. Nick Senzel just changed agents too, and um, you know you you want to pay the guy for what he's worth. I, I think he put the best product on the field, Thanks. and you you know if he wins the job out of spring training, then you play Nick Senzel. Yes, and, and Senzel, you know, he came up as an infielder. There were some people kind of questioning what we were going to do with Scooter Jeanette here, which a lot of weird things have been going on with Scooter here lately. I don't know if we'll talk about that in this show. But came up as an infielder, but there's a lot, of, you know, a lot of people are saying it. And I, Newman actually mentioned this back. I will say this. You mentioned this back before Christmas. You could see him playing. Before the, any of this talk happened, you mentioned Nick Senzel playing center field, and they say he's the favorite for that. And, you know, you have a good – a good uh, uh, quote here by our manager. Yeah. What did he say about that? Uh, David Bell's quoted as him being the favorite for center field. And uh, Dick Williams also said he would be given every opportunity to win the job. So, right now, I think they are going in with the plan of Nick Sinzel being the center fielder. He is a plus athlete. Uh, obviously, a top ten prospect all of baseball. Um, and has always, you know, been a very, very good athlete. Uh, last year they started out talking about him playing some shortstop. Yes. So uh, obviously they think he can do it. And as evidence of not signing uh, any defensive-minded center fielders or uh, any kind of even non-roster invitees to spring training, it looks like it's kind of his job to win or his job to lose, I'm sorry. And um, they're going to give him an opportunity to do that. Well, and, I th and I think he's definitely the athlete to play. He can play that position. A lot of people have been saying it should be Puig, Puig. Guys, Puig has not played center very long. Madley didn't like him in there. They just didn't feel that he was good at it. I think we should leave him where he's been. And Senzel, you know, I think, like I said, he's athletic enough to play that. I know a lot of people were upset, a fan favorite, Billy Hamilton, um, with his defensive ability and stealing bases. But the problem with that is you got to get on base to steal bases. And I think we'll all forget quickly about him when this guy steps up to the plate. I agree. So, I agree. So I think he's going to be a big, huge asset for us. And I'm excited to watch him in spring training to see how he's developed and his health. I'm excited to see that. The last guy we have to talk about is Derek Dietrich. Uh, Derek Dietrich just this week signed. Um, and he's kind of the Iowan. Uh, the uh, poor man's Marwin Gonzalez, <laughs> if you will. Uh, played five different positions last year. Yes. And he actually is under control for two more seasons. Uh, if he makes the roster, which I, I very much believe he's going to make the roster, Derek Dietrich did not sign to not make the roster. Um, very cheap at $2 million. Lefty from Cleveland St. Ignatius originally um, and has done very well for himself in the majors. A nice bat, very nice pickup off the, uh, uh, you know, off the free agent list there for the Reds, Derek Dietrich. Uh, yeah, I think it's a definitely good pickup, and I like getting home guys. I like guys that like want to they want to be there for the Reds, maybe because it's more home, more family nearby. Um, so obviously, a lot of great things that have happened for the Reds. Uh, Newman, if you could give the Reds a, a grade for their off season, what do you think that? Would I be? think they certainly get an A for effort, um, even though they didn't require that true supposed uh, number one. Uh, there's only so many pitchers in baseball that are true number ones. Fact. And that's it's difficult for them to uh, do that without giving up one of those top uh, Nick Senzel, uh, Taylor Trammell uh, type players. Even Which I didn't want to do that. I didn't even want Hunter to. Green or Jonathan Indy. Any of those guys, you know, they, they, they didn't want to mortgage their future uh, for the price tag that they're, they're asking for yeah. with, for instance, Corey Kluber. Yeah, like Corey Kluber, you know, a lot of people were all gung-ho about him. And Corey Kluber's great. He's on, that te he's on the team up north from us, but – you know, he, he's kind of had his years the last couple of years, and what worries me is you sign a guy of his age, you know, what if it's 
the declining years when we get him. So I'm kind of worried. I, I worry about things like that. He has thrown a lot of innings. Yes. And, you know, he's he's looked like Superman a lot, but, you know, everyone knows he's human. And exactly. as, as everyone gets older, they break down. Exactly. And I think I think we made the right decision. I give us an A for effort as well. It's just good to have excitement for the Reds in the offseason and for the excitement for the exactly. upcoming. Exactly. To have exactly. excitement going into spring training. Um, so leading into that, um, this show – we're not Reds affiliated. We're just Reds fans talking about this. Um, everyone, our show is going to be a week. Uh, we're hoping a weekly podcast every week during the season. Give you guys kind of an update or just the week in review, our favorite players, what we thought of the week, rumors, or anything like that, and just follow the Reds throughout the season for you guys. Y'all to have something. And to if you to. have some thoughts, you know, hit us up. Let us know. Uh, you know what we can do better. What we can do different. What you'd like to hear. What you'd like to see. And um, we'll try to do our best. And I'm and I'm really bad with certain terminology. Newman might punch me in the shoulder sometimes. Like when it, I just like the word signing, even when it wasn't a signing, it was a trade. I struck, so just punch me in the shoulder, everybody, if you have problems with that. But y'all need to check out our Facebook page as well. Um, just to we'll be, we we might even be posting videos or something like that. But I'll also be posting other Reds information on that as well. But um, which I will just share from other things that I might be reading or anything like that. But got a lot to talk about in our next episode. But the Reds start. Games this weekend, got the Tribe this Saturday at 3 o'clock. Um, then they got the Angels on Sunday and got the Mariners and the Giants. That's our first four games. I'm excited to see what this team brings, maybe some guys that we might keep on. Um, and the last thing that I want to ask you, Newman, and I think uh, everybody's kind of – some people are iffy about this. What is your prediction for this season? Uh, where, how many wins do you think the Reds are going to get? Uh, and uh, how many uh, – how many wins do you think they're going to get, and where do you think they're going to finish? I'm pretty optimistic. I'm going with 92 wins. That's a big stretch, but, you know, I, I think that it just has the makings of everything coming together, and, you know, I have a good feeling about it. Yes, and I, I am about there. I'm about 90 wins, and I think we'll definitely be in that uh, one-game playoff potential. I think it's definitely going to be better in the last couple of years, and I think it's going to be a fun year. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the first ever Red Spurts podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. Like Newman said, if there's anything that we can fix, let us know. And uh, we're hoping this is a fun season. Go Reds. And this has been the Red Spurts podcast with Massey and Newman. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.